Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Visit us soon at our new State College location. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Well, Penn State football fans, hello. I'm Bob Flounders. Dave Jones joining us from the greater Downingtown area. He's got a TCU Horn Frog shirt on. Really like it a lot. Dave, how are you doing? Well, a lot of people noticed I had an Ohio State shirt on last I'll week. I'll bet I, they did. I Dave. didn't notice I had an Ohio I'll State shirt on until it was on. Yeah. No one's uh, buying that, Dave. I love my school. Do you have do you have any Scranton stuff? Do you have any Scranton gear? Uh, they don't actually have a lot of Scranton swag. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't even know if they have like a like a bookstore where they actually have Royals gear. I do have some Nebraska stuff. So I didn't go to Nebraska. I still root for them, even though they're a dumpster fire. But yeah, I understand it. I understand. Well, I, I don't root for Ohio State, but I, I love my uh, college at Ohio State Industrial Design. I went back when they had their 50th anniversary, and it was a lot of good memories. I mean, I know it's hard for people to understand and grasp, but when you sometimes when you've got your college T-shirt on, you're, you're proud of the college, not the <laughs> sports teams, you know? The Say that, Dave. But how many college T-shirts do you think you got? You got a lot, don't you? Seven all or eight. eight. But you have all, like over a hundred. Yeah, all the places we've gone. Really? Yeah, I'm not a big. Yeah, I just don't. I I just don't. That's not something I necessarily get into. But I'm glad that you do. I'm more of a visor hat guy than I am a T-shirt guy. That and male thongs. I like to get a lot of those on the on the road too. I'm not, as Jay Randolph would have said, I'm not touching that with a I I can't talk ball. about it on the podcast because it's a PG-13 podcast, but maybe one of these days I'll let my guard down. Maybe I won't. It's it's the Blue White Breakdown podcast. We're going to talk about Penn State. Just a couple things. Uh, you got to see him play at Michigan. Tom Brady officially hanging it up. A Michigan Wolverine. There's another Michigan Wolverine topic I want to get, get to with you, but it was kind of funny. Old Shefty had this probably nailed over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, the Brady camp refused to admit it. <laughs> yeah. And then on Tuesday, a day like a day after he said on his podcast, I'm going to take a lot of time. I'm not really sure what yeah. I'm doing. He just came out with a statement yeah, today. You know what happened? My- didn't even mention the Patriots in it. And that's Nick, Nick, my son, who, you know, called me yesterday, and we talked about a bunch of stuff, and he was really jacked up about the NFL weekend, about Sunday. Sure. He's not the kind of kid who's been a spectator sport fan. He played sports. He played a lot of baseball, played, dabbled in a lot of other sports, even, even dabbled in wrestling. So for about a year or two, I was actually watching Penn State wrestling. I know they had a big meet where they beat, uh, they beat Iowa at Iowa. Controversial match at, at what, 170, uh, what was it? Uh, well, whenever whenever two good teams wrestle, the matches, the, the, the degree of error, the margin of error is so slim. There's just going to be controversy just because of how good the wrestlers are. I heard, yeah, I heard there was a, a, a fall that came ex- like a, a tenth of a second after the, uh, there was VAR or something. Anyway, I've gotten to learn a lot of sports because of Nick, but he's never been really a spectator sport fan that much. He went to games with me, uh, but it's not like he's been a kid 
who ever sat in front of the TV like we did. But he mm-hmm. is re- because of his experience with the Steelers, he shot video for us mm-hmm. uh, for the Steelers for Penn Live for a little while when he was in Pittsburgh in college. He has really come to appreciate the NFL. And so he was all jacked up about this. And then in the middle of the conversation, he goes, is, is Brady not retiring? And I, I said, yes, he's retiring. He's simply wanted to do it himself. And I think yeah. a bonus is kicking in that he had to make sure with his age. And I'm sure that all the T's were crossed and I's were dotted. And he had to make sure he'd get that bonus if he announced he was retiring. And I think it's, I think it actually kicks in officially uh, the Monday after the Super Bowl. And it's a big bonus. But yeah, he needs the money. He definitely needs the money. Well, it's like an eight-figure bonus. Uh, uh, so so that was pretty important, and I, I'm sure that's probably why he hedged on it. But, you know, Schefter, weasel though he may be, is never wrong on this stuff. Neither yeah. is Bruce, Bruce Feldman, who's not a weasel. If they say it, it's almost always true. Yeah. And plus it just looked like he was done. Didn't it look like to you he was it, it was there was no reason to keep playing. The Buccaneers are not in an upward trajectory anymore. Are they or am I wrong? It seems like things uh, are you, starting you consider to the come age apart. Gronk, you consider the, the you know they're going to be cash strapped and Godwin they might lose Godwin and yeah, there's to do it at the level he's done it, man. It is amazing. I was just going to ask you, is there anything that sticks out to you from, I know he played a memorable game at Beaver Stadium. I think it was in 99 where he brought Michigan from pretty far back to win that game. Do you remember anything about him as a Michigan quarterback? I'm mainly of note in this situation back then, or is around here, they would say of note, because I was a big Drew Henson fan. Number seven. Yeah, and I was kind of a who was drafted and played, had a cup of coffee with the Cowboys. That yes, didn't work did. out well, right? It did right. not. He stumped. Yeah. I barely remember it. It's a shame. The guy was an athlete. He just wasn't a football player. A good looking quarterback, I thought. Yeah. You know? I think he would I think he would, might have not processed the game quite as quickly as Tom did. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Anyway, he was he he, he had a good looking ball, uh yep. good looking athlete, and I, I I also remember my my brother-in-law Fred. Uh, he was the running backs coach then. There was there was a big debate between him and Lloyd Carr, and I don't remember the Urzats coordinator. I mean, Carr was it was an absolute ruler. So it's not like back then you really had coordinators unless the coordinator was the head coach. Yeah, and and there was an argument, a fairly heated argument at one point. I think in the ninety. Eight season, does that make sense of which guy to play? Yeah. And I believe Henson was gone by 99, but I'm not sure I've got that right. Uh, they did come into state college. I uh, believe Penn State was ahead by 10 points with on senior day, nine minutes to go or so. I was at that game. Were you? Yeah, they set me up there because it was senior day. And you, I, I mean, you guys back then, I think it was just you and Ronnie, and they very rarely. Flanders, I, Flanders, I want you to go up there in case something happens. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he that that might have been in a way his coming out, and then the Alabama yeah. game in what? Tremendous! I remember that Alabama game or Orange, Orange Bowl. Bowl. Orange yeah. Bowl uh, was that thirty five thirty four. Alabama had that great running back who played uh, Sean Alexander, and it was just like they went back and forth and back and forth, and uh, just in a, a fantastic game. That's when you knew you might have something, and he was. I mean, is Joe Burrow an impressive looking specimen? Not really. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't look physically impressive. So back then, I correct me if I'm wrong. 
I think a lot of pro quarterbacks, they were into the size, the Ryan Leaf type of guy with the King. Another great quarterback. Another great. <laughs> Wasn't that a trend back then in NFL player personnel types in the late 90s? Yeah. At early aughts, they wanted a guy who was big and could could really fling around. Kind of kind of like uh, Brady's predecessor with the uh, Patriots. Bledsoe. Um, yeah, Drew Bledsoe. There were some strikes against him, and yet he just kept answering them. Those are the interesting times of Tom Brady to me because everyone knows he was drafted with what was the 199th pick of Sixth the round, two, yeah, some, some 2000 draft. There's so, so much written and reported about Tom Brady. What I would like is a story about his 2000 season with the Patriots where he did nothing because he did nothing, right? Did he even get a cup of coffee? They were thinking about whether to keep him in O one camp. Isn't that right? Yeah. Or no. I mean, it was it was what was the O one season. Mo Lewis hit Bledsoe. Bledsoe almost died. He had serious internal injuries, and and Brady took over, and he got just got a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, and then man. But my point is, he was yeah. hanging around for a season before that. Sure. Yeah. But no one, no one's ever written anything about the two thousand season of Tom Brady where he barely. Played for the Patriots. Sounds like a job. I would, I would like to read. I would like to read that at some point. Anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, we said there would never be another one like Montana. Well, yeah. there was a better one. Yeah, it was a better. Uh, one. And I, I told you this before. You didn't really care when I told you. I'm telling you again. Jaywan Sider was drafted ahead of Tom Brady in that draft. The running backs coach for Penn State. Okay, he was a quarterback too. I think. Dave, one one other Michigan point. I just think it's hilarious. So. This first Wednesday in February was always signing day up until they moved it up into December, early signing day. There still is a, a signing day and it's tomorrow and uh, not a lot will get done on this signing day. All, most of the great prospects are already, you know, signed, sealed and delivered. Not a lot of suspense. Penn State might add somebody. They might not. So it's signing day at Michigan. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh's interviewing on signing day with the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just such classic Harbaugh. I didn't, yeah. And and you know what else? If he had an agent, the agent would say, Jim, this might not be a good idea. <laughs> but his agent is him. Did you know that? No. He doesn't have an agent. I mean, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously. He, he's going to get some more money. What he got, he took a, what, a pay cut half. half yeah, I think, I think. To do I it on signing day is some special kind of. I think Ward's going to come around. Some special um, kind of. Jackassery, I think, is the word I'm looking for. You know, <laughs> he's just a strange dude. You remember the Seinfeld episode where they go to see the ugly baby and, and Elaine's got the crush on the doctor, but he but he looks he's great looking guy, but he's just strange. And he's looking up at the sky like <laughs> like this. She's trying to have a conversation with him. And, and he's, he's, he's kind of doing this with a star. That's Jim Harbaugh. I mean, he's just a, just a weird dude and he's going to do what he wants. And you got to humor him. Is I mean, there any chance? Him. Is there any chance he goes to the NFL? I know, I know, we're just taking a shot here. Any chance you think? I don't have any inside yeah. stuff on that because even the agents don't know. And yeah. anyone who tells you that they know, usually I can talk. Like I don't have a lot of agent uh, contacts. I have a couple, and usually I can go to them and ask what other agents are saying. Because they usually know they have a good that's that's how Schefter got the report on Brady. I'm sure he, he's 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 so connected with GMs and agents that word got around. He knew it was going to happen. He had no question in his mind. But the problem with Harbaugh is 
he doesn't have an agent. So anyone who tells you they know what's going to happen is full of crap. So <laughs> I'm telling you, nobody knows what's going to happen. And I'm sure Michigan is probably getting sick of it. But what are they going to do? Yeah. Uh, they, they might hire Matt Rule. And and then some uh, quite a few Penn State people I know might be a yeah, little bit pissed off. I know because I that I believe they could have had Matt Rule. Um, Matt Rule has long been a favorite among uh, prominent and not so prominent Penn State alums. Yes, uh, yeah, but I just Jim Harbaugh is just he's fascinating to me. Even when he doesn't tries not to be fascinating to me, he's still fascinating. And I don't know if he's that oblivious or I don't know if he's that determined or he's in a bad mood. No, man, he's wired. He's wired different than everybody else, (laughs) which is, you know, it's refreshing. I've told the story about how he challenged me about Woody Hayes, you know, but 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 I kind of like the guy because he just doesn't give a damn what anyone thinks. It's not even that he doesn't give a damn. And Bill O'Brien doesn't give a damn. But Bill O'Brien has considered what other people think, and he yeah. doesn't value what they think. Jim Harbaugh has never even considered what other people think. He's on a different, he's in a different solar system. That's yeah. that's why I think you know so many coaches have this rap, and no matter who they are, they all try to do it. They try to be the, to give the loquacious kind of kind of BS answer to anything you ask them. They're they're capable of doing it unless they're pissed off. But even guys as crusty as Fran McCaffrey, the Iowa basketball coach, or Kale Sanderson, say the Penn State wrestling coach, who's known as a badass, they can turn that on if they have to. And I think I'm right about Sanderson. He can do that, right, if he wants to. Uh, I I can't really say for sure. I I, I just continue to I am amazed by the consistent excellence. It's just, it's, there's never a lull with that guy. These teams, they always bring their a game when they need to bring their a game. And to me, that is the thing that I'll always remember about kale is in a big match. That team was always effing ready to go. Like they never fell flat. They always competed. They were, they're always in shape mentally. They never broke. And that's a big part of wrestling, but man, to watch them, the last two matches they had um, just destroy you know, some really good teams, Michigan and then Iowa, both on the road is just unbelievable. Carver Hawkeye, a pretty, a pretty nasty place yeah. to, to wrestle. Daunting right? place to wrestle. Yeah. They got 10 points. They got 10 points against Penn State. And, I thought and they the got 13. Is, I thought it was 19. Whatever, 13. yeah, 13. You're right. It was yeah. 13. And then he always is ready to have – they'll wrestle at a very high level in the regular season, but it's really – it's an individual sport, and they, they always peak at the right time in the tournament. They always have, you know, four or five kids in the finals, a couple of champions, and it's just, it's incredible. It's almost funny that they keep a team score in wrestling. I, you know, but they add it all up to the individual competitions. Right. Nick, Nick and I had a really good conversation um, yesterday. My son, who's 22 and still in Pittsburgh, he's graduated because he was asking me, he, he said he wanted to understand more about basketball because he never really watched basketball. I took, took him into a ton of basketball, but he's yeah. starting to understand football at a fairly high level now, and yet he doesn't really watch basketball, so he doesn't. And what I said was this. I actually brought Cale Sanderson into it because I said at root, really, even the sports that are called team sports are not team sports like basketball is. Baseball really boils down to the the battle between the hitter and the pitcher on every at-bat. It really does. It's that one-on-one thing. Football, 
is while there are there are units that need to work together, I would say the offensive line is probably the the most um, notable for that, or the secondary defensive secondary the units that have to work together. At its core, at the base level, it's like Bill Belichick said: do your job, and your yeah. job is the guy across from you. I mean, I'm sure. What do you think Isaiah Prince is thinking about? For instance, <laughs> <laughs> he's having some nightmares for the next twelve days, is he not? Of uh, Aaron Donald coming over to his side. It doesn't matter who comes over his side, yeah. Von Miller or Aaron Donald. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to be able to block him. They're going to have to have help. So that's a that's a one on one battle. Yeah. Um, and then there's pure individual sports like wrestling or boxing or track and field. But basketball is unique in that it really takes at its highest level five guys working together. And if you see an individual like Russell Westbrook or Allen Iverson taking the ball himself and going one on one, they're not going to win. What's the common denominator between those two guys? Allen Iverson never won a ring. He could have played 100 seasons and he never would have run, won a ring because he was so hard to play with. You know, a real warrior, but what's it worth if you don't play with everybody yeah. else? It's it's a geometric game. It's 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 court geography. And it's, it's the melding of different talents and skills in the whole. And if five guys work together, they can do anything. The, uh, the greatest example of that is Princeton in the 1989 tournament almost beating Georgetown. Within yeah. one point, really could have won. Backdoor, how backdoor, can that happen? Backdoor, yeah. But it's five guys working together. I, how can, I mean, th- that's how the five of the whole of basketball is is greater than the parts. And that's what I love about basketball compared to other sports. But but K.L. Sanderson seems to be able to get inside the head of each individual guy. And I don't know how he does it. I don't know. Have you read anything about that? Because it is an individual sport. Yeah. And he somehow gets them to believe that they are going to beat their opposite number, whoever the rest. I don't know how he does. I, I for what, from what I understand, I don't think there's been a lot of uh, one-on-ones with Kale Sanderson during his time at Penn State. He's, he's a guy that's not, I don't, I don't want to say he's guarded, but he's just into being a coach and the rest oh, of you it. Mean, you mean reporters? Yeah. I don't, I don't think it, there's been numerous attempts, but I, I don't know if you've noticed, but there has, there hasn't been a, pro, a definitive Kale Sanderson profile written since he's been there. Did you see the thing on uh, Big Ten Network about the Iowa coaches, the brothers? No. Oh, the, the brands. Brothers? Yeah, yeah, they're batshit crazy. I mean, yeah. they really are. Yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of spooky. I think that's the devotion and dedication and the type of personality yeah. that it requires. The eyes always give it away when you look at those guys. The eyes <laughs> always give it away. You always know. You always know. But hey, tread lightly around some guys. It's always in the eyes, man. I mean, if you notice a lot of them, just like true predators, the eyes are closer to the middle of the head and they're not, they're not on the periphery because they're not, they're not the ones being chased. They're doing the chasing. Like yeah. Harbaugh. The like true Harbaugh. killers the, with the eyes are closer together. Yeah. Look out, stay away. Like Harbaugh. Just stay That's away. That's shark face. The most feared predator in the state. This is the blue white breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a long-time patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new state college dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. One more Big Ten note involving a former Penn State great, 
Bobby Ingram, now Wisconsin yes. coordinator. You know him well. He was with the Ravens a long time. Hell of a receiver at Penn State. Hell of a receiver in the NFL. He's been coaching a long time. Going to Wisconsin, <laughs> offensive coordinator, presumably to work with Graham Mertz. I wish Bobby Ingram all the success in the world with that, but I don't. <laughs> it might be the, the, fra- the phrase swimming upstream might might apply here. Well, as he, tries, he tries to crack the code with Graham Mertz. <laughs> it's not Graham Mertz, man. Well, well, it is Graham Mertz. No, no, it's not. I mean, the only guy who's cracked the code, the code to be cracked is with Wisconsin. Because Wisconsin's personality and its trade, its brand is so ingrained in that place. Graham Mertz was a five-star recruit. Do you understand that? I do. I also saw the the Penn State game this year where he literally. I know. The only guy who's ever gone in there and undone the brand of Wisconsin and broken out of that mold is Russell Wilson, who who really started out at NC State. And maybe that's why. I don't know. But once you immerse yourself in that brand, there's something to be said for that. Wisconsin football knows exactly what it is. I don't think you can fight it. I I think there's something to be said for Michigan. Michigan couldn't be what it wasn't. When Rich Rodriguez went in there and tried to do that, that wasn't Michigan football. To to Harbaugh's credit, he, he did instill that running game and defense mentality at Michigan, he didn't try to get away from that because that's what the locals want, man. And very frankly, it's probably what Penn State fans want too. Wouldn't don't you think they would be happy with a running game and defense oriented football team? And they they I haven't think they, had. It. I think they would prefer winning twenty one seventeen over you know winning thirty four thirty one or losing thirty four thirty one. Yeah. How would they like to win? I don't yeah. know. We saw we saw a different way of winning in twenty sixteen. Uh, in 2017. And they weren't even happy about that because of the They weren't really. They wanted the fullback in. That's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you. So so there is something to be said for Wisconsin's brand, and it, it's it's indelible. I mean, and maybe when Barry Alvarez finally dies, maybe that'll let go. Oh. I'm just saying that he's the guy. He's the man who put it together. I know. He is the man. You could say Dave McClain began it but man that whole ethos began with barry and he's still there running the show he's still well he's not now he finally retired but it's too bad that i don't don't think wisconsin and penn state play this year so there won't be any uh chance maybe to talk to bobby but it would be great to see him come back to beaver stadium where's gary brown i i I didn't see uh i can't i think i think he's still on the staff isn't he isn't he still so they'll work they'll work together yeah i would assume so yeah that's interesting I'm still going to be watching Graham Mertz this year, man. Even if you don't play him, because he's just, he's just. Get off Graham. He's in my head. He's in my head now, Dave. It's like a Morelli thing with you. In fact, fact, you always pick out some Big Ten quarterback and and start torturing him, you know, from afar. But my in, though, I had it in because Bobby Ingram's now at Wisconsin, so I could go right back at him. It it began with Ricky Stanzi, I think, and it's, it's. It's grown ever since. It's always Iowa and Wisconsin quarterbacks you have a problem with. All right. Blue-white breakdown podcast. Two things to get to. Just your thoughts on Penn State basketball, the big win over Iowa, and what kind of impressed you? Look, this is an unsightly team. And Micah Shrewsbury has nothing to work with. It's a transitional team. Uh, he got, his, he got, he got his, his whole roster picked apart because of defections after after the 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 departure of Jim Ferry and they I don't know if they would have stuck around for him but anyway they were Pat Chambers guys 
they never explained what happened and they were they were ready to to be out the door and the yeah. guy who's really hurt they could be an NCA team if they had one guy who defected late and that's Isaiah Brockington I don't know if you've noticed but he's been a terror for Iowa State he's the best player on their team he's a mature player if they still had him four four different guys defected they, I, if they'd been able to hang on to him, they would have been. They're not an NCAA team by any measure. In fact, I thought they were like a a five and fifteen, six and fourteen team, and now they are four and six after a double overtime win yeah. over Iowa. There is a play at the end of regulation. I don't know if you saw it. Where Keegan Murray, it's an amazing play. It's an amazing play. Jordan Bohannon shoots a three to win it. At the end of regulation, I was down two. He gets a three from about 25 feet, hoists it. It was heavily guarded. It's not going in. Keegan Murray comes from across the lane, <laughs> underneath the basket, and is, is gliding across the basket frame underneath and manages to hit it oh. with a tip it in control, mind you, as he's floating across away from the basket and tip it in at the buzzer with two tenths of a second to throw force it into overtime. I mean, it was an amazing, amazing play. And Keegan Murray is going to be in the NBA. Uh, I don't know if his brother is, he's got a twin brother named Chris, but Keegan Murray is a serious, serious player. These are the guys that Penn state does not have on this team. They don't have any NBA players sent into overtime. Iowa got a lead in overtime. Penn state fought back. Uh, they got a couple of guys and Jalen Pickett, and Sam Sessoms, who who are little guards, they're mid-major guards, who they're the kind of guys you see in the NCAA tournament, where you say, I never knew these guys existed. Well, they transferred from mid-major programs, and that's why they're at Penn State. But Jalen Pickett's like Earl Monroe. When he gets a guy on his hip and swivels, he did that with a couple of plays near the end. Sessoms scored a couple of hoops. They win the game in double overtime. And it was a, a game they had no business winning, really. And that's the that's what Mike. I, I think Micah Shrewsbury really, really knows what he's doing. They're nine and nine, four and six in the Big Ten, and they really they should be about two and eight, headed for five and fifteen. But Ken Palm has them pointed at nine and eleven in the Big Ten. I don't know if that's going to happen. I keep doubting it, but they keep g- going in that direction. They have a, a fairly manageable schedule going forward. They've they've gotten through the hardest part of the schedule. And it could happen. I, I think the guy really, really knows what he's doing. Dave, before we go, what are we, 12 days away from the Super Bowl? Bengals at Rams. It's technically a Rams home game, even though the Bengals is the home, are the home team. Two, uh, two really good games again uh, in the championship game round. We know about your, we know about your Ohio ties. You said you were not going to jump on the Bengals bandwagon. It wouldn't be appropriate. But where are, where, where are you headwise? with these Joe, Joe Burrow Bengals after they stunned the Chiefs. Uh, and what are you going to be writing anything else? Are you going to make a prediction on the game? Are you going to leave it alone? What are you going to no, do? No, I, I, I mean, I, I want to ask you, since I, we haven't talked about the game, yeah. at what point did you think the Bengals were going to win that game? <laughs> I was really surprised. that It, it seemed like a, a small thing at the time, but when the, when the Chiefs butchered the final five seconds of yeah. – yeah. That drive. I, I yeah. thought that, that that that's usually a tell, right? That's usually a tell that so, that something wasn't right there. And I, they, the Bengals still had a lot a lot of work to do. I just could not get over 
I, I think it was all Mahomes. I don't think it was Andy Reid's fault. I think I think Andy Reid said, "Look, if it's not there right away, throw it." Hey, out. he's the boss, man. Don't I get think, greedy. I know Mahomes I know. wanted to do it, but Andy's yeah, the boss, and Andy just said should have said, "Yeah, no, man, uh, yeah. let's kick the field goal, get the yeah. points. It's important." Right. But that empty possession right there with stakes like that, even though they were up big. The Bengals have firepower, man. If 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 Burrow gets time, or they they block they block the Chiefs front, and Mixon gets loose, and Chase is unbelievable. Everyone talks about, oh, look at the Chiefs, like look at the triplets. Uh, you know, the Cowboys had you know Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman. The Chiefs have Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and uh, and Kelsey. How about the Bengals? They have a legit, they have legit legit triplets. They have Mixon. Burrow and Chase in all yeah, the right but, spots, but you know and what they're they not don't even have, talking about them. They don't. They don't have that Cowboys offensive line from the no, early nineties. They do not. That, <laughs> that, is, that is also true. But and, in terms and, of just blue chip talent, those guys are already the best in the conversation. To Joe Mixon, even though he was a jerk at uh, Oklahoma, is a hell a of a talent. Yeah, yeah, a hell uh, of a talent. I just think that, that when you have three players like that, um, and the other team's going to start not making mistakes. And also, no one's really talking about the Bengals' defense, Dave. They played really well against the Titans. They got some turnovers. They played well against the Raiders. I mean, for a, for a defense that gets overlooked, they I think they're very well coached, and they're very opportunistic, and it's it showed up throughout the playoffs. You know who, who has shown up is Trey Hendrickson. Yeah. Um, uh, did you know too much about him before no. this game? I, you don't watch a lot of Bengals. No, not a lot. I, I knew that the safety Bates was good, um, and he he made some plays. I know he made a big play. I think a play or two, maybe in the in the game against the Titans. What impressed me about Burrow is what he didn't do when they were down twenty-one to three, and he could have pressed, especially yeah. at his age, a second-year quarterback. Yeah, he could have pressed. He could have rushed. He could have made the the bad play that would have really ended the game at that point. It's 21 to three. There's three or four minutes left in the game. He threw a couple away. He's getting rushed. They're pouring in on him. Chris Jones and all those guys are pouring in on him. And then he he just kept them alive, man. He just kept alive, kept alive. Um, He he hit T Higgins on a little eight. What a player. No one talks about him. Great. Right. A very good receiver Uh, for, for an eight yard gain to convert a third and five. Uh, yeah. Got him to midfield, hit another pass to Higgins that was about 15 yard crossing route. They're still only on the 41. There's like speed. a minute, a minute and a half to go. And then they get the guy to they get the ball to Pirine, the Oklahoma kid, uh, last seen uh, breaking the NCAA uh, rushing record, single That's game right. record with 427 yards and six touchdowns against Kansas, if that counts. Doesn't um, count. Uh, and and he made it a hell of a play. You know what else they do? They downfield block. Uh, Jamar Chase made a terrific block at about the 15-yard line, and P. Ryan cut inside him, and that's a huge score at that point. They didn't just get a field goal. They got a touchdown. It's 21-10. The whole vibe in that place changed then and in the subsequent drive when they got greedy and didn't get the field goal. And then I felt like, well, you know, maybe they got, maybe they got a chance. Maybe they got a prayer. That's what Joe Burrow gives you. Yeah. He is not going to make the play that kills you. He's going to keep you alive, keep you alive in situations like that. And man, that's a kid with poise. Yeah. That's a, that's a guy, not just with the magic and, and, and the, the ability to see the field, but the, the sense and the poise to not do the wrong thing when things are going bad. That's, that's an important guy. I don't think we're done hearing from you or reading some stuff about this Super Bowl. I look forward to it, Dave. 
And I'm sure you're going to write something, win, lose, or draw after the game as well. And I'll I've been revitalized on the NFL, <laughs> and I didn't feel like this three or four years ago. I think it's it's a really good product right now. You know what? It's going to make it even better next year, Dave, when Jim Harbaugh coaches the Vikings, and you can write about that. Then you're going to be all in on Shark Face too. He's not going to go to minute. He's coming back. Don't you think he's coming back? I, I think I think this is bargaining. I think he's oh, he's, just, he's, he's getting it. the price up from Ward Manual, and he doesn't. He's not. He's not as expedient as some agent because he's not an agent, but he's his agent. So you know, I, Dave. I just want to wish you tomorrow is second signing day. I want to wish you a happy signing day. Uh, we'll talk next week. Daniel Gow and I will be back later in the week to review. James Franklin's got a news conference tomorrow to talk about signing day, but also a wrap up to the 2021 season. Gee, I wonder what they're going to ask him about, but I mean, it's just, can we just talk about 2022 already, but I guess we can't. So we'll get, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to the bottom of some things on signing day, but we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the calm before the Super Bowl storm a week from Sunday. I know you're starting to get excited. You're going to a party. You, You don't go to parties, do you? Uh, I'm not, sh- I'm, I'm mulling my options, but it's probably going to be a house party. Okay. Yeah. This is a big day for you and you really want to hone in on the game, don't you? I and, do. And at Super Bowl parties, there's always these people who yeah. don't care. You know, there's a lot of people but a who lot don't of care at all. People, but a lot of the parties, <laughs> only the people that really want to watch the game are invited. So, <laughs> okay. Um, all right, all right, all right. Plus you have those, you have a million prop bets and that always, I think it's fascinating to me. It's <laughs> literally bet on anything. You should write about that. Our man. Oh, it's been written. Our man, Greg Pickle. You need to talk to him, text him about some of his Super Bowl prop bets. Cause he is like a kid in a candy store. Is he good at it? I wouldn't say he's good. He's very active, though. He is. He, he he's going he's he's to pull the trigger on like forty-seven props. You know, you know what they call that in basketball? You, they call that a volume scorer. He, <laughs> it doesn't mean he's a good shooter. He's the Russell Westbrook of prop betters, but he <laughs> he's, he will bet on the timing of the national anthem. It's a Greg Pickle tradition. He's either going to take the over or under, and it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna really shape the day before the game even starts. Maybe somebody should follow you guys around. Oh, we got to wrap this. Sorry. All right, Dave, I'll see you next week. All right, man. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.